on Tuesday afternoon of Passion Week some 2,000 years ago in the city of Jerusalem. Jesus Christ sat on the Mount of Olives teaching his disciples what it was going to be like when he would return to the earth and establish his kingdom. You know what he said? As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Lord. Hi, everybody. I'm Jimmy DeYoung, and I'm so grateful that you would take a moment to join us as we take a look at the book. In just a moment, I'll allow you to listen to a portion of this five-part, five-hour series, audio series, by the way, on CD that is available to you. Remember, Jesus Christ was responding to the disciples' questions Can you give us some signs of the second coming? Now, not the rapture of the church. There are no signs for the rapture, but for the second coming. Let's study together, and then I'll tell you how you can get your own individual copy of this five-part, five-hour series, audio series on CD. Right now, let's listen to a portion of As in the Days of Noah. But I want you to notice something else. What then was the result of Cain's rejection by God for the offering that he had brought unto him. Well, we know he killed his brother for religious purposes. Hello? Killing for religious purposes? Is that prevalent today? Now, our president today, on his way to London, made a statement that he needs to think through. He said, the religion of Islam is not the cause of those people killing. Listen, because a religious person wouldn't kill somebody. Now, I don't know who the advisor is that told him to make that statement, but that advisor ought to be fired on the spot. Because religion is being used. I can trace throughout history, the history of the world is evidence of how religion was the motivator for killing other people. I can show you the Crusades. We did a television program on the Crusades on Day of Discovery. It's unbelievable how religion, you see, we're not involved in the first holy wars. The first holy wars were in the times of the Crusades. When a false theology caused men to leave their homes go and their families go over to the Middle East, go into Israel, slaughter people, but they ended up raping people as well. That's a religious activity. If you ever are in the Middle East and you ever see a red-headed Arab boy, you can know that is the result of the Crusades. That's evidence of the Crusades. And there were those who said, religious leaders at the times of the Crusades, the 11th and the 12th century, you go, you reclaim Jerusalem for God, and I will give you eternal life. You gain your salvation by murdering those those people over there that have taken over these holy sites. Religion? A motivator for killing? We're certainly on target in that area. As in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Please excuse me. I'm not exegeting these portions of Scripture. I'm just trying to give you some high points. Look over here in verse 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the uh, the east of Eden. Now wherever 
Eden is located, the Garden of Eden it's talking about, Garden of Eden to the tree of life, so that if they were able to eat of that tree of life, they would have had eternal life in their sinful nature. And so cherubim were put there to stop them from entering in. But now Cain starts to travel. One of the judgments that he was going to have to face is that he was going to be a wanderer, a vagabond, a as they refer to him in in the Middle East, a nomad. And he was going to have to wander for all of his life. But the, the big thing, he went away from the presence of the Lord. I wonder if that fits today. Uh, you know, uh, they told me that after 9-11, everybody was afraid to fly. Nobody wanted to get on boats. They hadn't been traveling with me. They hadn't been to Atlanta Airport. That's where I fly out of to go every place we go. That place is so crowded, it's unbelievable. Every airport I've been in is packed to the gills. You've got to go through these long lines of security, and that's the most ridiculous thing. These people over here don't know anything about security. Now, I lived, Judy and I have lived in Israel for 12 years. They know about security. Some of the things they do, like taking your shoes off, oh, man, that irritates me to death. I just walk barefooted into the airport. Don't have to worry about it. But no, <laughs> I'm teasing. But I mean, you know, people are traveling. And sometimes, I'm not saying it's wrong to travel, folks. And basically, at our age, there's opportunity for us to spend more time traveling. And there's some great opportunities in traveling. The purpose can be God-centered. You can have a purpose in your travel. Uh, a vacation with a purpose. That's really what we had this last cruise on. When we studied the Word of God for nine different sessions out of the week of travel. Boy, that's just, that's just fantastic being able to do that. I'm saying, though, when you, go, when you use it to go away from the presence of the Lord, what happens on most Sundays? People going away from the presence of the Lord. And, 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 is that... I mean, even true born-again believers who say, well, we can't find the place that we're going to go out in the woods and worship. That's where God is. Uh-uh. If you can't find a place to worship near you, you start one. Don't go away from the presence of the Lord. These were going away from the presence of the Lord. Look here, verse 16 also. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife... And she conceived and bare Enoch, and he builded a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. City building. Wait a minute. What's wrong with that? I mean, we live in these cities. Do you know a hundred years ago? Listen, a hundred years ago, 80% of the population of the world lived in the rural areas of the world. Only 20% lived in the cities. Today, 80% of the population of the world lives in cities. Only 20% live in the rural areas. What did God say to do? You're going to notice as Cain sets up a godless society, he's doing everything contradictory to what God said to do. In his religious offering and activity, in his leaving the presence of the Lord, and now in his city building, even naming it after his son. You see, in chapter 1, verse 28, go back there, chapter 1, verse 28. Look what God says to Adam and Eve. And God blessed them, 
And he said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over all the flesh and the sea, and, and the creeping things, and the fowls in the air, etc. What did he say? Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. He didn't say go just outside the area of Nod and establish a city and build a city. What was one of the problems with Noah's great-grandson, Nimrod? He built a city. What did God say to do? Be fruitful, multiply, and repeople the earth. Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. In the face of God, lest we be scattered upon the face of the earth, will build us a city and become a great people in one city. God's plan was to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And after the flood, repeople the earth. But here, in the face of God... Oh, by the way, since now 80% of us live in cities, sin spreads at powerful speed. It's in a city where that can happen. Not in the rural areas. God had a plan. We say, well, this earth is crowded. This earth, that is the biggest life in the pit of hell I have ever seen. You know where Jacksonville, Florida is up the road here? There's six billion, with a B, six billion people on the face of the earth. You can take six billion people, give them two square feet of property, and stand six billion people in the city limits of Jacksonville, Florida. If you don't believe that, you call them and ask them what their square footage is for Jacksonville. I've done it and divide that by six billion, and it gives them two square feet apiece. My son and daughter-in-law and our grandchildren live in Texas, in San Antonio, Texas. You can build houses with a piece of property, 100 by 100, a family of four in each house. And in the state of Texas, you can put 6 billion people divided into families of four with a little 100 square foot in the whole state of Texas. And that takes care of everybody. This place, this earth is not overpopulated. God said... Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Instead, we reverse that. We go build big cities. And so sin can run rampant and disease. Which is part of that which Jesus said will come at the end time. As in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of Son of Man. Look down here. And, uh, and I'll not read all the names. Enoch had children. They had children. Then Lamech came into existence in verse 19. And Lamech took unto himself two wives. Now that's in the face of God again. This godless society that is being established by the offspring of Canaan, prevalent today. I'm going to make a harsh, a hard statement. Please don't misunderstand me. There may be some of you who have already become involved and it's not the unpardonable sin. But I do not see any scriptural reference for divorce Except in chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians. If a mate, a born-again mate is married to a lost mate and the lost mate departs, then the born-again mate, if he, does, or he or she does not ask for a divorce and the lost mate departs, let them go and it will be as if you had never been married. I believe that's the only exception. Now, if you want to discuss it with me, I'm fine. And if, if, if you've already had a divorce and you're living with a, another mate, I'm not attacking you. Please don't misunderstand that. That's not the unpardonable sin. God has forgiven. You can go ahead from here. Judy and I made a decision just a moment ago. I said, here's my wife, Judy. We've been married for 44 years. I brag about that every place I go. 
Not a bragging on me. I'm bragging on God who's kept us together. I mean, it's only God that's kept us. Amen. Somebody, shut I didn't ask you. So, so, some, you put the amens in the right place. That wasn't one of them. Uh, somebody asked us the other day, have you and Judy ever had a fight? I said, one. It's been continuous since we got married. <laughs> but it's so much fun making up. I just love it. But you know what? We never made provision for failure at the beginning. We made a commitment. September the 12th, 1959. Right date, honey? (laughs) And we said, we're not going to make provision for failure. And we're going to duke it out, but we're going to stay together as the Lord keeps us. In the face of what God said to do, Genesis chapter 2, when he instituted marriage, Limic has two wives. Is that prevalent today? I can remember when we never even talked about somebody getting a divorce. I remember when that wasn't a part of the church. Nobody. I can remember when it was, oh, one out of ten getting a divorce. Now it's, oh, I don't even know the numbers. Every other one, I think. It's unbelievable. It's running Are we living in that day? multiplicity of wives? Now, please excuse me. Listen, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not attacking anybody that's ever had those problems. I'm not attacking that. God has forgiven, so don't misunderstand me. I'm simply saying this is what it's going to be like in the last days. In the days that not the rapture of the church, but the second coming of Christ takes place. Thank you very much for taking a few moments to join us in our study of prophecy. As in the days of Noah is what we've been listening to, you just listened to a portion of this very important five-hour, five-part series, audio series on CD that is available. It helps us to understand the times in which we're living in light of Bible prophecy. If you'd like to get a copy of this five-part, five-hour audio series on CD, call the toll-free number. It's 877-674-3298. Now, that's toll-free from across America. Or you can go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com. Once again, that number, 8Prophecy8, translated into 877-674-3298. Thank you again for joining us. I'm Jimmy DeYoung reminding you Jesus Christ can come at any moment. And having said that, nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until...